Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller and welcome to The Forever Student. She is revolutionizing the way people dress through her comprehensive approach to elevating one's life through style, working from the inside out. She's a Hollywood stylist turned entrepreneur and we're going to talk about so many different things today. Lauren Messiah, welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. Um, could we jump right in and, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and where the idea came from to combine personal styling and life coaching, something that I have never really heard of before. And it's a super exciting idea. So I would love for you to just elaborate on it. Yeah, sure. So I started my styling career here in Hollywood and I did celebrity styling. It seemed like the ultimate dream to work with celebrities and dress them for the red carpet and magazines and appearances. And I hated it. I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I realized that it was part of a celebrity's job to get dressed. And what made me interested in styling in the first place was actually when I worked retail and I would dress, help these women pick out and purchase clothing for different occasions in their life. So I'd help them pick out the perfect job interview outfit or something for a date. And I would always kind of fantasize about how that outfit would impact their confidence and take them into that situation that could ultimately change their life. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I help them pick out the outfit that helped them get the job, that helped them buy the house? And I would just go off and go nuts with that. So working with celebrities, I didn't get that high. They were like, thanks for the outfit. See you later. So I shifted my focus to do personal styling. And that's where you style real women in air quotes. (laughs) Everyone's a real woman, but just (laughs) an average everyday non-celebrity woman. And because I'm so addicted to personal development and improving oneself, I found that those teachings kind of infused into the way that I would style women to the point where they were asking me to help them more with that area. And women would hire me and they didn't even really need clothes. They just like want to talk and work on themselves. (laughs) So that's kind of where the seed was planted. And then from there, I was able to grow the business, you know, from social media, to online courses, to membership, to group coaching programs, to books that all combine that like internal and external transformation. And where did your interest in personal development come from? And after you had that interest, like how did you go about educating yourself about, I guess, the many facets of it? Basically, I was a train wreck in my my 20s. Like I was just a complete mess. And when I turned, when I was 28 years old is kind of when the moment came to turn my life around. So I, my first book, just because I felt crazy and a friend of mine recommended, I read The Power of Now. So I read that book and it was like... (laughs) what? Like, where has this been? My, like, I just understood life and my brain. It just changed everything. And I just started to go down the rabbit hole with like audiobooks and YouTube videos and just surrounding myself with different people 
who thought in a different way. So when I got rid of all of my party friends where you'd go out to bars and started hanging out with people who read books and meditated and did things like that, I just, I kept going and I became addicted to improving myself and I completely turned my life around and it just became kind of a magnet for other people because I became unrecognizable And because I've always loved fashion, I almost felt like the makeover on the inside was more impactful than the one on the outside. So you change outfits, you're like, oh, cool outfit. But when you completely change your life, you have this glow (laughs) that comes off and people are like, what is that? So I just fell in love with it. And at the end of the day, when when I dressed women, it was to help them become confident. It was to make them appropriate for different situations in their life. But the out, the confidence you get from an outfit, it doesn't last forever. You get the new clothes high, you know, when you buy something new and you pop off the tags, you're like, woo, I'm shiny and new. But then when the shirt is dull, you're back to you. So I wanted to create that lasting change And then it becomes cyclical, where when you're an elevated person, you want to present yourself in an elevated way. And it just feeds that confidence loop and helps people really change their lives. I definitely want to get into the link between confidence and style in a second. But one of the interesting things that you mentioned was transitioning from one from like a friend group that wasn't adding enough value to a friend group that is adding enough value. And probably like you made you know, a host of different lifestyle changes as well. I think a lot of people are going through that. And a lot of people are probably listening right now. And they're like, okay, you know what, I want to do that. Like, I want to um, start hanging out with particular people that I'm not currently hanging out with, or, you know, maybe not partying as much, or maybe working out more or whatever it is. Like, what did you do in order to make that process go not necessarily smoothly, because I doubt it was a smooth process, but how did you make it effective? Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning, when people are trying to make a change, you always try to do both, right? So I stopped drinking and all my friends still drank. So I'd still attempt to go to bars with them, but I would drink like 55 Red Bull, you know, (laughs) still be up all night and crazy. And then when you're hanging out with those people and you start talking about, Oh my gosh, I read this book, the power of now. They're like, what are you talking about? Like you've, you've changed, you're weird, you're woo woo. So it becomes less desirable to hang out with those people. And I had to just make a clean break because the switching of identities and trying to be a certain person for different people, it doesn't work. So I think what people don't want to do is be comfortable with being by yourself. So when I cut off that friend group and was like, I just can't kick it with them anymore, there was a period of being by myself and being stuck with my thoughts and having to reach for tools like books and meditation and prayer. And then you just become a magnet for other people. And when I found people that thought in this new way that I wanted to think, I just attached onto them. I'm like, where are we going next? We going to the movies? What are are we doing? (laughs) And then you just invite a shift in your life, but you can't be afraid of the in-between. I love that. And and what 
I've, I've spoken about this with many people about spending time by yourself. And I think for a lot of us, it's an extremely intimidating thing to do because there's a difference between like spending time by yourself and, you know, scrolling through Instagram and being on Netflix. And there's like spending time by yourself and doing like, let's call them value adding activities, whether it's reading or meditating or whatever it may be. When you first started doing that, you know, you, you essentially came from, let's say from partying and from being very social and doing all these other things to saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to spend some time by myself. What were the difficulties in that? And like, how did you kind of get through that? The difficulties were the, the screaming thoughts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like your brain is very loud and habitual behaviors of constantly picking up your phone and scrolling through Instagram. Like you can waste so much time. So, you know, something that I teach in my group coaching programs uh, is to really observe your thoughts when you're alone, with your, when you're with other people and tracking what is repetitive. So it's like, oh my gosh, it's, a, it's repetitive to wake up and grab my phone and spend 30 minutes on Instagram. Like, where's the pattern break in that? So it's, it's uncomfortable when you start seeing your own BS over and over and over again. So it's that observation mode that I think helps because it is uncomfortable to be trapped in your thoughts, be trapped in a loop. And to think that you're, that something's wrong with you. You know, like one of my clients that I'm teaching her how to journal. Journal is a really important practice in my life. She's like, I can't do it. She's like, I can't be calm. It's just crazy. I'm like, cool, keep doing it till you get sick of yourself. And then let me know when you're ready to yeah, try something yeah. different. It's just, it's not comfortable. Growth is not comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think you just need to stick with it. And, and you know, maybe there needs to be some sort of accountability factor. Like for everyone, there's different things that work. One of the questions I had based on what you just said is like tracking our behaviors or tracking, like, I guess where we spend our time the most, um, that might not be good for us. How, how do you go about that process? So for instance, if like I wake up and I, you know, scroll through Instagram first thing for 30 minutes, is it something that I write down? And if so, like once I go through that process, like what do you recommend doing as a, as a step two? Well, one of the exercises in my book, Style Therapy, so this has to do both with your style and with your life, but you take it to the dark place. So even a you know small behavior that you might not think is super problematic, like one of the stories I tell in the book is I was a workaholic. So once I started to stop partying and got into entrepreneurship, I just work all the time. And I got used to being by myself. It was no big deal. So I would work all through the night, Friday night, ordering takeout on my laptop, ignoring phone calls. And I knew that was a bad habit that was counterintuitive to the life that I wanted to build. So I would write about what's the worst case scenario if I do this every day. So if I did this every day, What's going to happen? Well, maybe I'm going to gain weight because I keep eating takeout. Maybe I'm going to isolate from all my friends. They're going to stop calling me. 
maybe I get 55 cats because I'm so bored and I turn into a crazy cat lady, <laughs> you know? And like you take it to the dark place. Maybe I'm gonna be 60 years old and I'm, you know, still not gonna be married and it's gonna be awful. It's not the life I want to kind of snap you out of it because minor small behaviors, it's like, whatever, everybody looks through Instagram, who cares? But if you take it to the dark place, like, wow, what is this costing me? I could be meditating. I could be journaling. I could be getting up and going to the gym. And if I don't do that every day and every day turns into a month and a year and many years, what did I miss out on? And it gives you the motivation to do something different. I love that. Before we get into, because I obviously want to get into your book and and the link between confidence and style, but you mentioned, you know, the switch from being a stylist to being an entrepreneur. What were some of the, I guess, firstly, the key difficulties, because that's a massive, a massive switch that one takes a lot of courage. And then secondly, takes a lot of discipline, which you obviously had considering you, you became a full on workaholic um, as a result. But like, what were some of the difficulties that you had to face and, and the key lessons that you learned or, uh, making that transition? I think I was prepared for the transition because prior to working as a stylist, I had a nine to five job and I was miserable in that job. And just like switching friend groups, I tried to straddle both worlds. So the nine to five, it gave me a salary, health benefits. It gave me, you know, certainty of like, this is how my life's going to be. But then I loved creativity and styling and, you know, doing those things. So I would work and then I would be like, oh my gosh, I have a doctor's appointment and I'd leave and I'd go style some celebrities or I'd be like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm having like a nervous breakdown. I need to, you know, go to therapy every day. And then I'd really be hustling on the side until one day my boss was like, uh, are you coming to work? Because if you're not, you can't work here anymore. <laughs> so I ended up taking the leap. I had no savings because this was still party girl, Lauren. No money, no nothing. Left the job. I lived off of unemployment and started my, started my life as a stylist. And I did a lot of interning and assisting, which doesn't really pay you anything. So... I was used to like the scariest thing and I survived. I still had a roof over my head. I still was fed. I still was clothed. So once I started actually doing what I liked, working in styling and being like, I don't even like this. I just left a job, like a six-figure job to live off of unemployment and not like this. I'm like, well, let's jump and do something different. So that took a lot of discipline in terms of, I didn't have any money. I mean, it's really hard to live off off of $475 every two weeks. But I was, you know, trading services with other people. I had a payment plan on a website. And I just focused on being really good at my job. So I styled one woman, actually met her, Uh, at an event that I was teaching. And she was like, oh my God, I wish I were a celebrity because then you could be my stylist. I'm like, I can be your stylist. So, you know, she paid me, I think like 500 bucks or something. But then she referred me to like four other people 
And then my personal styling business like really started to gain traction. And soon enough, you're fine. You know, it takes a minute of discomfort, but you're fine. <laughs> you know, and you just you just keep going. So it's those leaps that people are afraid to take, which they're scary, of course, but I always say jump and then the net will appear. I agree. And I also think that, you know, one of the one of the scary things about making the leap is people think like the worst thing when you make that leap is not necessarily the worst thing that's going to happen. Like what you think is going to happen is not actually going to happen, right? Like you're still likely going to have a roof above your head. Like you're going to make ends meet somehow. Like there'll be support in your system that can help you get food and that can help you get, pay your bills and whatever else. It's just like these finer things in life that we may be used to, whether that's like a car or whether that's like you know, going out for a meal at a restaurant or a gym membership or whatever, like you might have to sacrifice those. But if you can get your, your, your minimal needs met for a certain amount of time until you, like yourself, start building up um, and start growing your business, I think it's worth it. Like, I definitely think it's worth that leap. Oh, 100%. I mean, when I had my nine to five job, I think my salary was like 72,000 a year. And then I was blogging on the side which I, you know, make some money from there. So I was making a pretty good living. I was, you know, at the end of the day, probably making close to $100,000. And I'm like, who would leave that? You know, my parents are like, are you crazy? Like, that's a lot of money and you got health insurance. But being an entrepreneur, I hit my first million dollar year at 35 years old. So, you know, I didn't have to starve forever. But from 28, probably till 30, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I had to get a roommate. <laughs> uh, I had to hustle. But then all of a sudden, your business is making three times your salary. And then a couple of years later, you're making a million dollars. It's like, yeah, I would eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a couple of years if I knew that a million dollars was ahead of me, you know? Yeah, I'm completely with you. So let's talk a bit about your your business. I think the first thing that would be interesting to hear is just conceptually like how are confidence and style linked? And then maybe you can give us, maybe run through an example of like how you would work with a client to basically tackle personal styling and life coaching. Sure. So there's, do you, do you follow uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza by chance? I love him. I do. I'm, I love him too. So, you know, in the meditations, it's like, it's not only what you're visualizing, but it's the feeling like you're embodying what you're trying to create. So for me, part of the embodying is showing up as that person dressing in a way that matches the vibration of not only who you are, but who you want to become. So we have associations when it comes to style and everybody's are different, right? So for me, I associate wearing sweatpants and leggings all day with a lower vibration, right? Like I'd never wear that to work. I'd never wear that to an event. I wouldn't think people would take me seriously in that. So when I'm wearing clothes like that, and this happened to a lot of people during the pandemic, you don't feel as motivated to work hard. You don't want to run into people when you're walking your dog. You're like, 
oh my God, it looked terrible. I hope nobody looks at me. But when you're dressed in a way that matches who you believe you are or who you want to become, your confidence increases in a way that you're like, I hope that someone says hello to me in the store because I look cute, right? (laughs) Maybe I'll make a new friend or maybe somebody will get my number. You want to be on camera on Zoom and show up. You want to raise your hand in that big meeting where normally you'd be a little bit timid and afraid. So to me, it's just really an act of manifestation in a way of showing up as your best self. And that is going to breed confidence. And when you're confident, you can do anything. So if you're wearing schlubby clothes and you spilled coffee on your shirt, you're spending so much time worrying, is it, are people looking at my shirt? There's no way I'm going to raise my hand in this meeting. You know, I'm going to be embarrassed. But if you're like, I know I look good, you're going to act as if all of the things that go along with that persona. So I think they absolutely tie in. It's different for everybody. And people who don't want to care about fashion will use dumb examples like, well, Mark Zuckerberg can wear a hoodie all day. Well, Mark Zuckerberg's like, uh, he's not even human, okay? (laughs) Like he's on a different level. There's exceptions to every rule, but most people showing up in the embodiment is going to help them be more confident and succeed. I've realized that myself when like the pandemic hit and I mean, I work from home anyway, or I work from cafes or whatever. So I'm not in, I'm not in like, you know, board meetings or anything, but I realized that myself when I was working from home and I would at least go through the trouble of looking presentable, you know, forget about like properly dressing up, but at least looking like, you know, wearing something decent and, and having a shower and shaving and doing all the, you know, the bare necessities, just doing that, like you just feel more confident and you just feel better, even when you just work and no one sees you all day, um, which I which I think is very interesting. Do you think or do you know uh, if the same thing applies to both men and women or do you think there's a bit of a difference there? Uh, I think it applies to both. I think it more heavily impacts women because we're more judged by our appearance. Um, I think a lot of it is just human nature, you know, some of it's just conditioning within society, but women are judged more harshly and we have more outfit options. So making sure that we nail it and get it right in the style department, especially in the workplace is so important. Like, oh my gosh, is this, is the skirt too short? Do I look feminine enough? Do I look too masculine? Like there's so many things, but when you know you're nailing it and it's not about following fashion rules, but it's about tapping into your authentic self. So you're showing up as yourself. If you feel like you're wearing a costume, it doesn't work, right? Like you're not going to sit there and work from home or a cafe and wear a full business suit. You'd feel like an idiot, you know, but you present yourself as yourself. That confidence is going to radiate through. So can you take us through how maybe the process of, you know, the first time you interact with someone until they're really on their way to doing their thing. Yeah. So the way that my business is structured is now I don't work with people one-on-one. Um, I used to take individual clients, but I scaled my business in a way that I can reach more people and still just be right here at home. 
And I think it's very empowering for people to understand and be able to execute the process on their own because you have to get dressed every day and you can't have me like chilling in the corner of your closet being like, wear this, do that. (laughs) So the first step of the transformation is completely, it's internal. I want the person to figure out who they are. And I think that's the biggest mistake that people make when they're approaching style. Because whether you like style or not, inevitably you're going to be like, I hate all my clothes or I don't know what to wear to this thing. And it's a knee jerk reaction to like, what's in the magazine? What's the influencer wearing? What's on the mannequin in the store? Just let me buy this stuff real quick so I can fix my problem. But then once the new clothes high wears off, you don't like the stuff, you don't wear the stuff, you can't find the right place for it. And that stems from not knowing who you are authentically. You're trying to look outside of yourself and be like, I want to be like her. I want to be like him. So we do this internal process to figure out like, who are you? And it sounds very big (laughs) and very vague, but there's certain exercises that are centered around self-discovery to really pull out your true essence. And then we start matching that with style. So a lack of confidence often stems from a lack of competence. Not saying that just because you're competent in style that you're like, you've got it nailed and you're confident. But if you feel dumb entering into something, you're not going to be confident. So once we do the self-discovery, I teach basic principles around getting dressed. Like style is a teachable skill. If you learn how to match the right things, if you learn what garments portray what message, you can start making better choices and you can dress yourself just as a stylist would. So we really start on the inside and then we work towards the outsides. And so how can someone go about finding their... I think you call it their signature style. Yes, signature style. So I have it laid out very simply in my book and it takes you through a 30-day transformation and it works. In 30 days, you can have yourself a signature style, but I think the biggest takeaway are those internal ahas. So when I was preparing for my book to come out, I actually gave advanced copies to 10 Um, deserving women who like really could use a makeover and a life change. And they documented themselves using the book for 30 days and their style changed. Absolutely. But it was a lot of the internal stuff. Like that's what I talk, what, that's what I mean when I say self-discovery, like one of the women realized that she had been hiding behind baggy clothes because she had, had not dealt with some trauma that she experienced when she was 11 around men looking at her as like a sex object. And so she was hiding, like she was still carrying that stuff. So once we're able to kind of sweep that away and look at it, remove the baggage, then she can start making more empowering style choices. So all of this happens, you know, 30 days is a pretty quick amount of time. It's long if you think about, well, like, couldn't I just run to the store and like have a sales associate get me new clothes? Like, yeah, but you're going to waste your money. (laughs) If you take the time to spend a month and go through the process, you will come out different and you will continuously make different choices when it comes to style. 
So the book contains obviously a lot of information, but it's also really a book that contains different exercises that you need to go through yourself. Every day is a new exercise. So if you want to go hardcore, do it 30 days in a row. If you need to go a little bit slower, you can go slower. But I start uh, the first week in the book is my seven day selfie challenge. So this really helps you approach not only other people's perception, but self-perception. So a lot of these women, they have never, a lot of my clients don't have a full length mirror, which blows my mind which means they're not really looking at themselves. So when you take a selfie and you realize like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, (laughs) what am I doing? (laughs) What am I wearing? And we start observing how other people are reacting to you in your clothing. And again, it's that subconscious thing where when people aren't holding the door open for you because you're essentially making yourself invisible, right? Um, little things like that. So we start with that seven day selfies and that people describe as eye opening because they get to see like, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm really screwing this thing up. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't have a, well, firstly I'm six foot seven. So for me to have like a full length mirror was very difficult. Um, but, but I got in a lot of trouble. Like my fiance, every time she came over, she was like, how am I supposed to look at myself? Because I just have my mirror in my bathroom where I just, you know, I just throw on whatever I had. So um, thankfully I invested in one pretty, pretty shortly after. Very good. I'm glad she helped make that happen. (laughs) She did. So um, what is the real, I mean, you going through all of this and you helping people find their style and find their confidence. What do you believe are like a lot of the type of problems that your clients are facing when they come to you, like what are sort of the overarching themes that you, that you witness? Uh, The biggest like overarching theme is not reaching their full potential. So, you know, in my experience, I'm an introvert. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but I'm a (laughs) hardcore introvert and I was always a misfit. And I was pretty awkward and I never really fit in to a certain group. So, but I knew I was meant for more, but it's hard to go after what that more is. If you're always terrified, afraid, feeling that you're being judged, feeling that you don't belong. So that's kind of the state that my clients come to me in. They're awesome people. Like they are severely awesome women but they're not living out their full potential. They're in a job that they hate. They're in a relationship they're not happy in, or they're not in a relationship at all. And they're hiding from life because they're just too scared to live it. So once we can get them to find that confidence and embody the person they really are, then those other problems like, why do I keep getting passed up for this promotion? how come that girl got it and she's dumb and doesn't have nearly, you know, the brilliance that I have. Oh, all of a sudden you start getting the promotion. Why are guys never asking me out? Well, cause you're hiding behind a big old moo moo. Okay. <laughs> you're not smiling. You're not, you know, speaking. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm engaged. So it's really 
it's really life changing, but it's those problems of like, I know there's more for me, but I don't know how to access that. And and what are some of the first uh, differences that you see once you start working with these ladies? So we, you know, we have the seven day selfie challenge and like inside some of my, um, my programs, like my membership, we have a private Facebook group. So people are posting their, their outfit pictures and you can tell the difference between day one and day 30, just in their posture, just in, you know, they're actually looking at the camera, they're actually smiling. So the outfits, you know, everyone's going to dress themselves differently. I don't judge what brand you wear or if your outfit's, you know, perfectly styled, but it's the energy and people notice it. They're like, oh my gosh, some, some women look like they've shaved 10, 20 years off of themselves. It's pretty cool. But yeah, it's definitely that energetic shift of like, you're standing a little taller, you're smiling bigger, your eyes have a little twinkle. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's just about, I I had someone on the show yesterday, she spoke about one of the things that she changed when she became an entrepreneur and like when she was dealing, especially with a lot of men in the workplace, she was like, I just used to own it. Like I used to just, the way I walked into meetings, the way I spoke on stage, like she was just like, I was just the boss, you know, like that's how she, that's how she acted. And I think if you combine that with style and if style can bring that out of you even, you know, even better, then that's a, I mean, that's a massive shift, especially if you can make that shift in as little as, as 30 days. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted to ask you about your, um, your other programs. So I think you have, you have the book out. Are there any other ways that people can connect with you or, or do any sort of online programs with you? Yeah. So, uh, right now my, my signature program that is really changing a lot of lives. It's called Beyond Style. So it's a group coaching program where I select a small group of women so they can get the personal attention. And I take them through a six-week transformation, both internal and external. So what I discovered was, you know, I got into this slump in my life a couple of years ago. Everybody has a little slump every now and again. And I just felt so stuck. I'm like, wait, I've pulled myself out of much, much worse. So I made this giant list of everything that I've done to improve my life, you know, from journaling to certain types of meditations to thought tracking. I mean, all these things, style, modeling, not like a supermodel, but like modeling success. And I put it into this six week program and it, Like if you think 30 days, like, you know, when we do this six week hardcore intensive with me, (laughs) they are completely different humans by the end. So that's called Beyond Style. Um, I launch it just a couple times a year, but it's extremely powerful. Um, But outside of that, definitely following me on YouTube. I have a ton of free videos, fashion tips personal development tips, all the things. Um, you can see the transformations of the women using my book. So that's just Laura Messiah on YouTube. And then of course, come hang out with me on Instagram. We have fun on Instagram stories, drop into my DMs. It's a whole lot of fun. What's your, uh, before we say goodbye to you, what's your 
um, journaling routine or like how do you what's sort of your journaling style? Yeah, so I actually made up my own journaling method. I call it the five, four, three, two, one journaling method. So you write five things that you're grateful for, four things that you want to manifest that day. So when people do manifestation, it's always like, I want a car, I want a million dollars. <laughs> but if you break it down to things you want that day, like, you know, a, a, a new connection, a positive interaction, a free cup of tea, like whatever, just four things you want each day. So I have that. And then three um, outfit intentions. So I break that down um, as far as what that entails, but it's basically like the messaging that you want your clothing to bring across um, two wins from the previous day and then one intention for the day. So at bare minimum, I do the five, four, three, two, one journaling every single day without fail. And then my other journaling practices are sometimes I'll do scripting, you know, for a future event that I would like to unfold. Sometimes I'm just asking the universe for help. I'll just write out whatever problem I'm facing and then I'll just let the pen go and, you know, find the answers uh, sometimes it's just writing a gigantic list of what I'm grateful for. I'll just keep writing until I can't think of anything else. But I always, always journal. And I used to hate it, but now I can't live without it. Yeah, I've realized the same thing. And I think what's interesting about your method is that you you switch it up between different practices because I'm I'm in the stage of like I I journal as soon as I wake up. Um, I do this thing called morning pages, which is just like basically dumping whatever's in your brain the moment you wake up on paper and you do it for like 20 minutes. And for me, it's it's resulted in being like therapy, basically, because everyone wakes up with anxiety to an extent, right? I'm not trying to underestimate anxiety, but everyone wakes up with at least their to-do list for the day. So if you wake up with all these things in your mind, like, oh, I need to do groceries, oh, I need to meet this person, I have this deadline... What I realize is when I write it down, like you're basically trapping it on a piece of paper and, uh, and it's out of your brain. And all of a sudden, like I'll meditate right after that. And I just realized my meditations have been going so much better because I'm not thinking about all of those things anymore. Like that is out of my head now. Like it's on a piece of paper and then I'll, then I'll meditate and then I'll exercise and then I'll do whatever else. Um, but I like that you switch it up. I think that's, one, it keeps it interesting because I feel like, especially getting into the habit of meditation, like when you or of journaling, like when you can switch it up between different things, I think it's it's easier to stick to it rather than doing the same thing over and over again. Especially like three pages in the morning is like a twenty minute exercise, and it's not easy to stick to. Um, so I like what I really like what you're talking about. I'm definitely going to give that a shot as well. I'm going to give your method a shot because when the first thing I do when I wake up is I meditate because I just I'm like let's just do this, <laughs> you know. But I love the idea of doing that full brain dump on paper because I mean I always have a journal nearby and I also use Evernote. So like you said, anytime something comes in my brain, it needs to be captured because I can't I don't have room in my brain to keep it. But I love that idea of doing it the very, very first thing. Yeah, doing it before doing it before meditation and also doing it before looking at your phone. 
like for me, what I've realized is one of the biggest changes that I've managed to make is I don't look at my phone for the first hour and a half of the day. And um, one of the big reasons that I do that is because once you, if you wake up in the morning and you see like a distressing message and it could be anything, right? It could be like from work or it could be from the bank or it could be from a friend, but like that is just going to throw off your entire day if you're not ready for it. Like if you're going through a practice like journaling and meditation and exercise and whatever, then you're in a completely different mindset when you then do look at your phone. And I feel also like looking at our phones, like once we're on it, like we're not getting off it, you know, like it's, it's one of those things like you're not just going to have a quick 10 second glance in the morning and then like get to your morning routine. Like you should just first do everything else and then fine, be on your phone for half an hour. It's fine. Yeah. The phone it's, it's rough. You know, sometimes I'll do like a little, like a two week social media detox, which is tough when your business, you know, centers around being on social, but man, it feels so good. A friend of mine's doing a detox too. It's like half the time, why are we even looking at this thing? We're switching between like the same three apps. We're refreshing the same freaking (laughs) email. It's like, there's no point in me being on here. So true. Oh my gosh. It's, it's the worst, but yeah, I agree. Waking up and just time passes way too quickly when you're scrolling through your phone. Yeah, all of a sudden you're late for work or all of a sudden you're late for doing something and you just miss out on like all the things that you wanted to do. I think that's, um, I think that's really, really, really true. Where can people find your book, Style Therapy, 30 Days to Your Signature Style. Style therapy is available anywhere books are sold. So you can get it, you know, obviously Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any any book retailer. Uh, yeah, it's available all over. Definitely grab a copy. You know, speaking of journaling, the book is very interactive. So like you're writing in the book every day. So it's not just like, oh, I'm going to sit down with like Lauren's book and drink a cup of tea and chill out and read it. Like, no, you're doing work. So I have a whole thing in the beginning of the book. Like, don't be afraid of new notebook syndrome. Write in this book. You might need another one later for when you want to refresh your style. But it's very much an action takers book because that's the only way you're going to change is if you actually do the work. Noted. So ladies and gentlemen, Um, go and get the book and I'm definitely going to do it. I'm just so curious as to, you know, what the result's going to be. And I like, I like these interactive books. Um, I got a lot of my, my good habits from, from them. Um, Because when you're doing it, especially for 30 days, I think it's, it's something that's really going to stick. So everyone get the book. We'll, we'll make sure that we disclose all the details on where to get it, especially in this part of the world. Um, And Lauren, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. 